G'day community and welcome to the Jock Reynolds Community Supercoach Podcast Show. That's the title today, Patch. I'm Dog, and I'm joined by the wonderful, the majestic Patch. And Patch, can I just say off the bat, you've been bloody busy painting the town of Orange white. As, w- Yep, that's the words I went with. Yep, it's, uh, that, that pun's never been made before, ever. Not once. Um... Yes, well, it was better than painting the town red, which is what I was tempted to do after watching both my Supercoach side and Essendon get flogged this week. Ah, flogged. beautiful thing, wasn't I'm it? Straight into thing. it. Straight into it. You know how we sent me on a little trip in the middle of the year to find my inner peace and to, to reconnect with the world? That's all gone now, Lick Dog. That's all gone, and I'm a bitter, hateful, resentful man now. I... I Oh. Are you back on the Sack Warsfold bandwagon? Get rid of him. <laughs> Just put it get get him out. I don't care what what you do. Throw him in the bin. Just in the kitchen at at the hangar. Just have somebody take him out on Tuesday. Um, and just throw him in the. I I don't know. Just get it. Get him out. Get him out of the club. Get everyone out of the club. Start from scratch. Oh, how did the twenty one goals in a row? <laughs> twenty one goals back to back. To back, to back, to back. I'm not going to go through the whole lot, but it was, oh my. Yeah, I got offered a ticket <sighs> to that game and I very smartly turned it down because what a, well, it would have been fun to watch uh, Essendon losing, but uh, it's, a, it's a no from me. There's some dominant performances from the doggies in there. Patch, before we get into talking about all the stuff we normally talk about, well, I want to I wanna shout out to a great man who, well, two great men. The first man was Telebeats, who provided the intro you would have heard community what a bloody legend he is a shout out to telebeats follow him on instagram at telebeats um but the other great man we need to shout is one jared roughhead patch and as we all knew he would he's hung up the boots he's having a farewell game this weekend the great man and people might not remember we got a reasonably young demographic out there people might not remember what a dominant fantasy performer this man has been in his time in terms of super coach broke out in 2011 averaged 101 only played half the season came out with his career high average in a season the next year with 103.7 and then backed up with uh, averages above 90 all through 2011 all through the end of 2015 he's always been there he's always been dominant he's always been a solid selection up forward and it's going to be sad to see him go patch Germany. Parting words for the great Ruffy. Oh, if you'd asked me last week, possibly, but um, I'm back to being hateful and resentful, and he's, he's a Hawthorne player, so my mum told me that if I didn't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all, so... Well, shout out to him anyway. No, it, uh, shout out to him. He, he is one of the few players at Hawthorne who I would have a chat to. He strikes me as a wonderful person. Um, and you look at that footage earlier in the year of him, like in the BFL when he was teaching. I can't remember who it was. One of the Bulldogs defenders, just pointing out, giving him pointers in the like the second quarter of a game. If that's not, you know, top bloke material, I I don't really know what is. He's a good bloke, but gee whiz, it hurt seeing him have so much success over the years. All right, let's move on, Patch. Let's talk about the real deal. Let's talk about Subic. Oh, actually, I'm going to derail us again, Patch. No oh, segue. Here we go. It only took us how long to take us in this week to get into a segue? Four minutes. <laughs> Patch, Four minutes in, and we're segueing. 
I've got to I've got to sit you down and tell you something, Patchy. I've got to tell you something love on the podcast, something we haven't discussed off air. Patch, I've hung up the boots as coach of the Carlton Football Club. Whoa, um, that's breaking news. What's what's happened? Well, look, I didn't want to draw too much attention to it. I actually hung up the boots a couple of weeks ago, just before that West Coast game. I thought I'd put us on the right track, and I thought, David Teague, maybe it's time to take over. And he's taken over as coach, and unfortunately, we've had two more honourable losses. That's a term we heard a lot at the start of the year, honourable losses. Since I've stepped away... Uh, yeah, we've had two in a row to the West Coast Eagles and to the Richmond Tigers. And I just want to say to all the Blues fans out there who do want me to come back and step into the ring, um, it puts too much strain on my family, on my time, and on this podcast. So I can't step back into the ring. I'm just happy to watch and observe and help with the signing of Stephen Caniglio. Uh, we got that done during the week. That'll be announced very shortly. And there's a few other players in the mix that I'm in there talking to. But yes, unfortunately, I've had to hang up, hang up the match day coaching role patch so i just wanted to get that off my chest for everyone out there you know it's um it's it's it is tough and i'm, I'm glad you've made the right call for, for for us your family to spend more time with us um but by the same token is there, there, there any chance that what are you doing next year is, is, is there, there'll be a spot vacant at essendon well um and it's interesting you bring that up the question's been asked and I'm not going to go on the record to deny or confirm what I will be doing next year, but it's a real watch this space. Do you th- do you think I just had a David Teague mask? I have a Blake Carousella mask in my boot as well, mate. That's, yeah, but let's not delve too far into what you've got in your boot. Um, <laughs> won't go there. We'll not go there. Let's let's talk about Supercoach before this. We uncover any more skeletons in the closet. Um, my team's now garbage. I've run out of trades, and there's it's just sort of piffling along. Is your team doing any better? What's what, what's? No, not really. I've I'm pretty pretty poorly ranked, and I'm still dropping. Like, there's not much you can really do, and it's not even from mismanagement. It's just like players not showing up. It's like Rory Sloan injured in doubt this weekend. He's got eighty on the weekend. He's been shitful the last few weeks. Um. So expect him to require a trade out. Rowan Marshall went down. Everyone thought he'd done his ACL. He came back and played on, but he only pumped out the 81. I imagine there's a strong chance that he gets rested. Robbie Gray did stuff all on the weekend. And Jack Crisp. A few weeks ago, we're at the point where we're like, oh, maybe we've indicated in the selection of Jack Crisp. Maybe it's time to bring him into everyone's team. But no, no. Jack Crisp has shown his true colours and he's pumped out another 62. Thank you. And Shannon Hearn, the burn man, is back, baby. I said he was never coming back, but he's back. Yep. Travis Spoke. Um, I'd like to shout out Travis Spoke for being bloody useless uh, when I had to trade him my final forward. And then on this very podcast, or maybe it was after we finished recording, I was talking to, to you and to Damo. And I was saying, oh, you know, I, I can't afford a Dunkley or a Marshall. I have to settle for Travis Spoke. And you both went, oh, how could he like settle for Travis Spoke? This is what I meant by settling for Travis Spoke. He scored stuff all on the weekend. Stuff all. And it's just awful. Just not fun to watch. Not good to watch. 49 points. Luke Parker. You remember how we were sort of going, oh, this is the year that he's finally going to put together a full season and not, you know, play that pendulum game with us? He's just done the reverse pendulum. He's just gone, oh, I'm going to have a gangbusters first half of the year when everyone's convinced that my second half of the year are always far better. I'm just going to, I'm just going to 
falter away. 44 points on the weekend. 44 points. Ben Cummington, 88. That disappeared quickly, didn't it? Tim Taranto, 70. Standing up with the Giants. Midfield out. Ah, oh, that's gone well. Ah, oh. Rowan Marshall, you mentioned, 81. Didn't score well. Rory Laird, what's he doing? Jake Lloyd, has he forgotten how to score points? Well, in Lloyd's defense, uh, he still racked up, you know, 30-odd touches. He just didn't have a good score. I couldn't tell you why. I did not watch the Sydney game. Um, I, I don't care what your numbers tell me, Like I just want points. That's all I want. That's all I care about. Well, there were players. It's not all doom and gloom, uh, Patch. There were players that scored points this week. Name Maddie, three. Matty Crouch top scored for the week with Jack Graham at 160, with pu- pushing out a 161 in a dominant performance. I saw both Crouches get about, feels about 88 touches between them. Jackie Graham dominated against the Blues. He kicked a few goals, scored 161. And Josh Junkley has cemented himself as the number one forward option this year with pumping out another 153, including about 16 touches in the first term against your boys, Patch. Um, mm. They're three players who scored pretty well. Two, yeah, okay. They, they scored all right. Fine. Fine. They, there are some players that scored well. Why? None of them are in my team except for Matt Crouch. Um, ugh. And anyone could have scored 153 against against Essendon. It was a training drill. I could have scored it 153 was... if I was donning the sleeved Guernsey, of course. Um, of course. We should do, you know, I've look, I've never played real football, and I'm happy to admit that here. I've played uh, touch footy and um, still managed to get injured every week. But we should put, just a random thought, we need to put together some sort of AFL 7s comp or AFL comp or something. We'll get a few of the... Uh, a few of the different podcasters, different the super coach and AFL fantasy people out there, and just have a bit of a shit fest. And I want to put the sleeves on. That's a thought. Let's try and organise that. We'll Let's never organise it, but that. we'll put it out no. on Twitter and let people let the people get excited. There's a couple of players I just want to touch on while we're talking about high scores because look. It's getting the end of the year. We're getting warmed up. Teams are going to start resting players. I'm looking forward to having a good old chat with Stephen Cornelio. There's not much happening in the Supercoach sense. I just want to touch on a couple of players that we've highlighted over the last sort of couple of months as players that you could have bought in and done okay. Um, We've had plenty that didn't work, but here are a few that that did. Uh, Ed Kerno, you'll remember we had quite a few discussions about Mark Murphy v. Ed Kerno when they were both score when uh, David Teague or myself, sorry, took over that role. Ed Kerno was clearly the one because he's averaged 111 mm. over his last five games. So if you're one of the 1,300 people that jumped on him, gee whiz, yeah, if, you'd if be you pretty to, happy with listen that. Listen to me instead of Lek Dog on the the Murphy versus Kerno yeah. call. Not that we're making this about who 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 was right and who was wrong, but I got that one right. Uh, James Sicily, he's scored all right in the snow scoring a one, or scored very well in the snow scoring a 140, but we were both sort of kind of saying if you've got trades, yeah, use him, jump off him. He's come back and, and produced a pretty good score. Um, but Jack Darling, now, I don't remember who it was, Patch, if it was you or me or Damo or someone else smart on the podcast, but there was one point in the year where this man was priced at 320k odd, and we were joking yeah. around saying, bring him in. He just pumped out a 22. And then he came out and scored 132 against Gold Coast. So we're like, oh, yeah, bring him in, bring him in, I dare you. Mate, since then, he's turned up a hell of a lot. He's turned up another uh, eight times since then. He's over 500K, and he's averaging 107 over his last five games. Jack Darling, who would have thought? 
who would have thought? I was tempted. Half of me was like, oh, we'll do a Hail Mary, but, you know, he'd scored, what, seven or something. Nine, it was. He'd scored nine three weeks beforehand, and then 20-something as well, and none of us were having a bar of it. But, yeah, he's showing the stuff he showed at the start of the season. Um, in that preseason, when I was on the Darling train, tempted to pick him, picked him in draft leagues, and then anyone who sat through his nine and his 22 or jumped on after that 132 and then put up with a few middling scores after that would be pretty happy. There have been some dips in there. There's been another 42 against Essendon, a couple of 60s and 70s. But, you know, he's had, yeah, since that, you know, since that awful patch, he's, he's scored more times than not, which is remarkable. It's really remarkable. Um, James Warple on that list as yep, well. yep. Um, which Matty Forrest um, put to you the other week, that if you averaged more than 115, you were getting some form of temporary tattoo, I, I vaguely remember. I can't, can't remember the details. On the weekend, it's okay, it's all recorded, it's all on audio lec. Um, last five weeks, tunned up every week, 109, 105, 106, 149, 127, as Hawthorne have found form, and he's got Gold Coast this week, which could be more points. He's a bloody beast, mate. He looks like Tom Mitchell when he plays. He <laughs> he doesn't look like a second-year player, uh, and he no, is dominating. I could have sworn it was him. I'd, I'd, for some reason, had it in my mind that Mitchell was wearing the number five and thought it was Tom Mitchell for about a quarter on, on Friday night and then sort of went, oh, hang on, Tom Mitchell broke his leg. That's not Tom Mitchell. That's James Warple. He goes all right. Now, the only question we're going to have to ask ourselves next year when it comes to selecting a forward line, and we're assuming he's still going to be available in the forward line, although mm, don't know if he will be, mm. Um, mm. might get his heat map up and come back to that, is uh, that can you pick him next to Tom Mitchell? I think Tom Mitchell comes back into that side and there's going to be too much uncertainty over too many players and you're just going to have to go, Tom Mitchell will do, no more, no more Hawthorne players for me. Feels like it's going to be another one of those. I feel like he would, and especially if his starting price is up at 500k, he'd be someone you'd look to pick off cheaper next season. Um, just so you know that he is actually a good selection, <laughs> as opposed to starting him and having him just drop off the face of a cliff, um, do, a, do a jack billing this 2018 on you. His, uh, I don't know if his heat map's displaying properly for me, but it's not looking... It's looking real promising for a, for any forward line time. Um, according to no. this, he uh, has fifty one percent defensive half, forty nine percent offensive half. But I'm willing to concede that it might be wor- incorrectly working because I've had that happen to me before on the AFL website. Uh, the other thing, just while we mention it, because I was looking at this today, is that uh, people were wondering if Rowan Marshall's going to be a forward next year. Yeah, not a bloody chance in hell, mate. <laughs> not a bloody chance in hell. No, that'll be a very interesting discussion next season with um yeah with Marshall, Gorn, Grundy, uh, Goldstein, Riley O'Brien, lots of names that could be tossed around as players you could pick, and that'll be a very fun discussion next year. Toby Green, who we all sort of said, or at least I said, I can't forgive. Um, even before I resumed to being a bitter old man trapped in a young man's body, I'm still not. He's an excellent scoring option. I won't be selecting him because, one, I've got no trades, and, two, I can't bring myself to do it. But he's an excellent pick, um, as we've spoken about every week for the last little while. And your Uh, man, Mitch Robinson, was the other one I was going to bring up. Uh, I might have been wrong about him. I might have been wrong about him. 
110 over his last five, 500k pretty much on the nubbins, 123 on the weekend, and he looks like a man possessed, and a man who's playing into the form we sort of knew he had in him, but he'd never put together consistently, um, and yeah, he, you look at his last, you know, since round, you know, since round 17 or so, um, he's put together the four, four tons, and then the 170 or 69 against North Melbourne, um, and he just looks in good form, and with Geelong and Richmond to come, you'd hope that continues, Maybe, I don't know. But all right, so let dogs say you've you've got your one trade left, you're in a vinyl, you've got no cash. No cash whatsoever, and you can't afford some of these guys. Um, I'm going to throw some names of some very cheap players across three lines at you. Um, all of them scored, respectively, 121, 122, and 123 on the weekend. Alex Witherden in the back line scored 121. He's $312,000. He's been garbage all year. But is it is it something you'd look at? There'll be plenty of people out there going through, oh, he's cheap and scored well. Mate, uh, Alex his... Witherden was supposed to be the breakout player of defence this year. Uh, some of us correctly identified that that would, in fact, be Daniel Rich, but that's all right. That's a conversation for another day. Um, and he started mm. off strong. He had uh, four, uh, four scores of 92-plus in his first five games, and then he just sort of dropped off and disappeared. Mm. Um, he he withered away. <laughs> Uh, 121 against the Gold Coast is not selling me on his prospects. I imagine that is, this is a blip. Is his his ceiling is honestly, this is an outlier. His ceiling is the mid to high 90s. Um, don't expect this again from Alex Witherden this year against Geelong and Richmond. Would tend to agree. The 122 score in the midfield was, and you're going to hate me for saying it, Already do. Daniel, ha- Daniel Hannabury. <laughs> People have been talking about him all year. He's 300-odd K. You get him straight in. You, you know, he'll be the key cog of that. That St Kilda midfield. He's had his third game now. 96 in his first. 65 against Richmond in his second. 122 this weekend in that win over Fremantle. I'm... Look, I'm actually entertaining the thought of this. <laughs> As someone who has one trade left, and I do have some cash, but going from, say, a Dylan Clark to a Daniel Hanbury, I'm entertaining it. I'm not suggesting it. I'm not promoting it. I'm entertaining it. Um, especially especially with Rory Sloan under, in, under an mm-hmm. injury cloud. Yes, yes. He plays on Saturday, 145 against the Blues. Ed Kerno is not going to tag Hanbury. Ed Kerno is going to tag Jack Stephen if he plays, you'd think. So very early, you can chuck the E on him. Is a very early loop option there. And then, guess what? Round 23, 145 again. He, you can loop him for two weeks in a row. He pumps out a 100. Maybe you go, all right, I've got cover for a Roy Sloan. Or you go, I'm going to pull up, pull Roy Sloan off my, off my, uh, off my field and use Hanbury's score instead. I think he is uh, I think there's merit in that patch, and I feel sick for saying it. I mean, you from four weeks ago would be just rolling in the proverbial grave if that didn't <laughs> set up. Me from four weeks ago was less desperate and scared. <laughs> that is true. He had 23 touches, The but the six tackles are the stat that I'm interested in. If he's tackling and getting around the ground and doing that sort of stuff, then that's the sign that he's sort of 
I'm not going to use the words back in form, but he's he's back out there as a player and he's not just rolling the legs over. Two goals as well um, also help in a three-point game, which Damo explicitly asked us not to talk about, but here we are talking about it. And the last one is the most interesting one on the list, considering he's in 429 teams. It's 123. Quentin Narkle, the sparkle. Played his first game for the year, scored 123 for the Cats. Has Brisbane and Carlton to come. You'd have to be very desperate and be needing, say, you know, if Marvin Scholl was dropped this week and you needed cover up forward for a Rowan Marshall, is the sparkle the the pick down there? Mr. Sparkle. Mr. Sparkle! Boring. Um, he is oh, an interesting one. You're backing it off one game of one game of form against North Melbourne, who were absolutely shitful. Two hundred and forty k. If you had no cash and you had one trade and you wanted an emergency that maybe will pump out a score for you on your bench. He is an option, but geez, in his history of injuries and being able to get in the park, it's 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 not a great one. Geelong do play early this week, Saturday two ten. So for in terms of looping options, there's a decent one. And then on uh, the final game of Supercoach this year, uh, four thirty five against Carlton. GMHBA Stadium. He'll also play there. And Carlton, uh, we struggle to stop those fast players from scoring so look once again similar to the Dan Hanbury thing they've both got afternoon games they're both cheap uh, but it's desperation stations isn't it absolutely absolutely um, and for the love of God don't unless you are extremely desperate I would put money on Narkle scoring what 40 odd this week at the Gabba but hey if you're desperate then you are you know you got to do what you got to do really this might be best served for an end of the year discussion, but let's just preamble it here, live on the podcast. It seems like all the good players that we thought were good, and the ones that for some reason some of us didn't select, have been good this year. Now, we, I just want to look at the top, say, 20 scorers for the year. Um, how many of these players did you not consider at the start of the year? Brody Grundy. Jack McRae, just yell out if there's a player you didn't consider at the start of the year. Yep. Lockie Neal, Max Gorn, Marcus Bontempelli. Mark, the Bont, I probably probably crossed off the list based on his last year. Yep, um, yep. we will circle around and come back to him. Josh Dunkley, yep. Adam Trelaw, Todd Goldstein, Clayton Oliver, Jake Lloyd, Nat Fife, Zach Merritt, Paddy Dangerfield, Mitch Duncan, Patrick Cripps, Dane Zorko, Scott Pendlebury, Rory Sloan, Luke Parker, and Ben Cunnington are all your top 20 scorers for this year. Now, the sort of the, that, that 15 range downwards, I would have thought personally that Paddy Cripps would be higher than that, but that 15 da- range downwards, mm. um, maybe not as relevant to this discussion because that, that always swaps and changes, but those top... Mm. Scott, Scott, Scott Pendlebury at 17 as well is de- absolutely worth it. A very brief aside as a shout-out. Because he's 
been a warrior of the game for so long, and he's still kicking around, still, you know, the 17th ranked player in the game for this season. He's remarkably impressive. Oh, mate, he plays... Rod on plays he's like Josh Kennedy. He plays a super coach friendly game, and uh, and it's not too mm, taxing on their bodies, you'd seem. Mm, helps that, it's, that he's good at football as well. It does help. Um, the interesting ones in this top 14, which I think are the most important ones uh, for me, the Bont breakout year people were comparing him to Patrick Cripps at the start of the year it was who's going to be better who's going to be better I imagine come Brownlow voting Patrick Cripps will end up on top but in terms of super coach Marcus Bontempelli has uh well he hasn't blown him out of the water he's outscored him by 180 points so far this year and that's just um and, and he has played two more games uh but like his burst out of nowhere should we have seen this coming how long's a piece of string we should have seen lots of things coming probably um, but I feel like the Bont was always one of those players that you're going to have to wait for simply because you looked at the starting midfield, you shoved, you know, you had McRae, Neil, Oliver was due to set the world on fire this year and he's been good, you know, number nine overall, five had to fit in there somewhere as well. There just wasn't space necessarily for him. You had space for maybe one sort of breakout or potty option and a lot of, a lot of us, you know, both you and I went with Ganigliog, um, some went with Josh Kelly instead it was hard to, you know, justify picking Bont ahead of those players in hindsight. Um, but he also had that really friendly bias, so maybe we should have considered him slightly more. Adam Trelaw's one I didn't consider in the slightest at the start of the season either, um, and he's sitting seventh as well. Well, he's going to be in that discussion of the must-pick players next year because he's taken Absolutely. it to another level. Um, he's that he's a. He's young enough that you know he's going to be consistent. It can still get better. Um, and he has a ceiling, a massive ceiling. He's gone 177 this year. He's gone a 150 in there and only failed to turn up on uh, four occasions. Three of them uh, were 83 plus, uh, which are all decent returns. I think it, I think going forward, we now have a clearer picture around that Collingwood midfield there was question marks over Dane Beams, who came back and proved to be unhealthy. Maybe there's still those question marks if he comes back next year healthy. Maybe there's question marks over um, if how much midfield time Taylor Adams takes up when all those guys are fit and healthy. But the fact is they haven't been, and Adam Trelaw seems to be that consistent player, and he'll be in the discussion for the must-picked players next year. Did we see Todd Goldstein? He was 500-odd-K at the start of the year. Did we see Todd Goldstein being a clear, basically equal producer to Max Gorn this year. Um, played one extra game and is scored a total of 140 less. So obviously producing slightly less um, for the year. But if you started him with the intention of upgrading him, which a lot, lot of people did, you didn't You didn't have to in the end. He's um, No, Max Gorn is $100 more expensive than Todd Goldstein at this stage. And we knew, I, you know, we sort of knew Goldstein would be good. Um, but this good I don't think many people predicted that um yeah I think he was sort of 105 average we're thinking he's at 111 Max Gorn with 124 is still yeah that next level up but yeah as you said that extra game um in the bank is just what's pushing that up from Goldstein I think this is a test case for what we're going to be looking at next year when we're talking about Rowan Marshall, when we're talking about uh, Riley O'Brien, when we're talking about all these guys and how we spend in the ruck. The only annoying thing is 
all those guys are going to be very expensive and then you may as well just go with the Grundy Gorn lock again. But it's going to provide mm. some bloody interesting articles, I'm mm, sure. Yes. And that, and if Lysette enters that discussion, assuming Paddy Ryder leaves as well, um, you don't know how, how Laddams or, or Marshall there will impact him or how much they'll play, but he will also be in that discussion, I have no doubt, after that incredible month, which saw him then getting dropped for no apparent reason. Well done, Port Adelaide. Thank you for that. <laughs> and then the final one I just wanted to touch on, Mitch Duncan. We talk about him a lot on this podcast, but, you know, he's sort of under the radar. You know, he just gets the job done. He doesn't blow the doors off every week, but he'll give you a, you know, a 110 plus, it seems, every week. Is he someone yeah. that we maybe should have looked at pre-season or did he just come out of nowhere? Mm-hmm. No, we always knew he would do well, and there was I know there were plenty in the Jockernauts comments talking about him, um, but just in terms of the buyers this season, we already had, most of us had Danger, most of us had Kelly, um, that, that, that middle buyer was always awful, and it was never really a question of, can you afford to pick him, you know, before that buy, after his buy, some, some more people jumped on, and that was the time to do it. Um, but in terms of starting him, I don't think it was ever an incredibly realistic proposition um, to start him in that midfield. Now, we've done this breakdown. We know that sort of, I think, and we can do some more in-depth dives into it, but I think the thing that highlights to me, in that top 14 range, there's still scope for a few guys to jump in. And then that sort of top, you know, 15 to 20, that's just free reign. Um, so we've got to nail these big names next year I'm happy to put my hand up and say I didn't nail them this year um, I, I have some of them some of these total points leaders uh, I traded one of them out which is a mortal sin which uh, is John, mm. Josh Dunkley so I think it's okay you, you'll you'll make sure you don't ever you, you, you're not the sort of person that repeats that mistake no no I'm not the sort so of person you, that trades fine. out the number one forward two years in a row no not me not me no, mate no, no uh, but like the, you know we've got to forget Nat Fife has only played 18 games. Nat Fife is still the number 11 scorer. I didn't go with him because I was worried he'd miss two, two games. He's missed two games, but he's still the number 11 scorer. So if you had him, you would be better off than having someone else. Um, so I think we've just got to really nail these picks. And, and remember that these guys can bloody jump out of nowhere. And we've got to look for players. I've said it a thousand times, Patch. The Identifying the next Supercoach Beast article... We've got to relearn the maths on that one because that would have 100% identified Marcus Bondapelli this year. Absolutely. Absolutely. There'll be plenty of research happening in the off-season. And community, if you're still with us, um, we're trying to make it a slightly shorter one tonight, but if you're still with us, um, let us know what you want over the off-season. Do you want individual player stuff? Do you want team breakdown? It's like what Baron's doing. Do you want player comparisons? Videos. Overall strategy? Videos? Uh, nudie videos of Patch? Um, no, no, that that's not. That's just were, for private. That's just for the inner sanctum. Personal discussions, live streams. Um, maybe a subscriber. Yeah, subscriber only stuff. <laughs> uh, um, that's on our Patreon. Um, yeah, just let us know what you want, and if you want to contribute, like many of our wonderful contributors have this year, who are not people we know prior to them putting their hand up. Uh, come jump on board. It's bloody what... fun, and we like doing it, and we like having people join in um like dog is there any last thing you wanted to throw out for anyone in a, a do or die final this week 
um, any any last words of wisdom of to how to how to get one up over someone who's scored far far more than you all season that's you know absolutely likely to thrash you what what what, what would your your word of wisdom be to someone like that who, who's coming up against the insurmountable odds can you can they do it yeah don't don't think you're above fighting dirty community uh, if that means ha- hacking into your friend's super coach account and changing their emergency to uh, to Jack Crisp. Do it. If that means um, stealing your friend's phone so they can't log in to Supercoach for the weekend, well, you know, sometimes you've got to do those sort of things to get ahead. And, you know, winning a premiership, no one looks back at the records and thinks, oh, he only beat me because he hacked me. They think, oh, I lost that year. So just remember, community, there are many ways and many many different people on fiverr.com that can hack into whatever you need them to for a very small amount of money yes they, these views are not endorsed by anyone else in the jock Reynolds in the sanctum and you do conduct these um, activities at your own risk but yes lovely late dog thank you for that i will probably enact several of those this week because i'm stuffed i'm absolutely stuffed and i'm jaded but hey if i'm knocked out this week completely then i can start focusing on 2020 all of my energies go to that Good luck, community, in your finals. We love you. We are thinking of you. Best of luck, community. See you later. That didn't explain anything. All I know is they stole my face and used it for their stupid logo. There's no other explanation. Wait, look. Mr. Sparkle, a joint venture of Matsumura Fishworks and Tamarabuchi Heavy Manufacturing Concern. all a coincidence. Yep, there's your answer, Fishbulb. Well, it was a good ride while it lasted. Come on, kids. Let's go home. We are home. That was fast.